0: My name is Matt Dixon with Niagara Cider Company, and we're at Diamond Estates, the winery where we make and craft and love our cider.
1: So pretty new on the market. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you have uh, as an offering. Sure. So the first one that we just launched
0: was, is what we affectionately call, and we're trying right now, our number one dry cider. And why it's our number one is because it was our first baby that we spot a lot, spent a lot of time crafting. And this is the one that we're really positioning as our flagship product. Um, we also have two other offerings that are in the tank that we're gonna try in a little bit. We'll talk a little bit more about them as we go, because we're gonna be doing constantly small batches uh, as the market dictates it, and as Rich, my cider maker and partner, comes up with all these uh, fun ideas for ciders.
1: So why don't you tell me first a little bit about this and what the characteristics you're, you're aiming for and what you've uh, obviously achieved.
0: Yeah, so Rich and I, uh, it's actually a funny, bit of a funny backstory. We both play hockey together. We're both from a small town called Fawn Hill, Ontario, in in the middle of Niagara. And after hockey one night, we were both drinking ciders, which is a pretty rare occurrence to see two guys drinking a cider after hockey. And So we got chatting a little bit, and I found out that Rich had been making cider at home for the last five years. And he convinced me, uh, not very hard to convince me, but had me come over to his place, try a bunch of ciders. And I said, have you ever thought about commercializing this, because this is delicious. He's like, I would love to. I just, you know, it's, it's a different industry for me because he's a chiropractor. And having been myself in the wine industry and cider and beer industry for the last 10 years and wanting to always start my, something on my own, um, I jumped all over it. And Rich and I really put this uh, vision and this dream together. Uh, about just over a year ago, April 2018 is kind of when we first started talking. And what we really wanted from our ciders from the start is we, we both love dry ciders. And what we were struggling to find is a cider that was consistently available, that was dry, that it had a lot of drinkability characteristics to it. It's a very technical term we like to use, which is crushable. We wanted to have something that was higher end, dry, and people could drink it and enjoy it, not just have to stop after one. Often when you try a crazy craft beer, crazy craft cider, you have one, you're like, that was interesting, I really liked it. I just don't think I could have another one. And so we wanna have something that was gonna uh, have that ability to have a couple of them. And we also wanted something that had a lot of white wine characteristics to this. So when you've been trying it, uh, one of the things that I'm always a big fan of is New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs. My wife is from New Zealand, so we drink a lot of New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. And so a lot of the characteristics in New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, like the tropical notes, uh, the really crispness, the freshness, is, is stuff we wanted to bring out. So when we were crafting this, and we must have tested, 25 different types of yeast strains uh, from our cider base. We wanted to find one that really had great aromatics and was really refreshing the drink. And then in turn, it became a white wine yeast that we were able to find. And so we were pretty excited about uh, the way it turned out and uh, how clearness it is. So you get a bit of tropical notes on the nose. I think on the taste, you get a bit of stone fruit, uh, but it's just nice lingering finish. And yeah, nothing too uh, offensive that would throw a lot of people off, because sometimes uh, a lot of ciders get a little too barnyardy for a lot of people. I personally love them, but a lot of people don't necessarily like that. So we wanted to have something that people will smell it, like, go, "Wow, that smells delicious," and taste it, and really uh, nail that taste profile.
1: And how did you end up in the uh, the Diamond Estates Winery?
0: Yeah, so this is actually where my roots in the industry started. So I was first uh, hired into the wine industry with Diamond Estates Winery. I was actually the brand manager for their Niagara wines. They have quite a large Niagara wine portfolio, VQA wines. And so when we were thinking about where we wanted to craft this cider until we could have our own physical location, Diamond immediately popped in my head as where I wanted to do it. First of all, I know a lot of the people who still work here. I'm friends with the winemakers, Tom, Scott, and Jessica. I trust them. They have excellent palettes. They have a ton of experience and being newer to the crafting side with Rich where he'd been doing that home. He took the Brock course. He's really self-educated. I think it was great for him to have three winemakers to bounce ideas off of and really to test everything all the way along the process. And truthfully, as you can see from looking around, they have a state-of-the-art property or facility. They have a full- Lab here, which is great, especially when you're starting off and you have to go. Your product needs to go through the Elsevier labs quite a bit. You want to make sure that you're exactly hitting what you're going to get in those labs. And overall, they're just great people to work with. And so it's a spot that we wanted to do. And they have a variety of size tanks. You can see these huge tanks here, which I think are 64,000 liter tanks, all the way to like uh, 1,000 liter tanks, right? So depending on what we want to do, we're not using the 64,000 liter tanks. Not yet. Not yet. But we're not using those yet. But We had the ability to use all the different things, plus use all their state-of-the-art equipment, the filtration. Um, They have a great cross-flow here. And and, uh, overall, when we're trucking in, our fresh press juiced in here, they know all the proper procedures to follow. So there was just a lot of things that checked off our list as being a place where we would feel comfortable doing it
1: sounds like they've been a, a really good positive partner and we've seen a lot of of wine places connecting with uh, either internal making their own or looking for to add that sort of within their portfolio or within their their the overall sort of um you know branding or, or whatnot of that uh you're independent correct um and uh you said you're just looking at an lcbo hopefully a, a SKU coming out shortly there
0: yeah we actually just got our word on our official elspiel listing last week so they're planning on ordering the first pallets in the next couple weeks uh, we're anticipating and talking to them mid-august when we'll start seeing it on shelves so just in time for the end of the summer let's hope the end of the summer is a little nicer than the beginning of the summer was so people want to enjoy ciders and also going into apple harvest season which is a great time period for us because we want to plan a lot of our launch parties and launch events around that apple harvest because i think one of the most important things is you know outside of working with the diamond estates here is we've really partnered with specific growers apple growers And that was important for us to find the perfect blend. In order to make premium cider, we thought that we needed to have our own unique blend that no one else can get. A lot of people get bulk juice and really make a lot of changes with the yeast and the different ways they finish the ciders. And they make awesome ciders. But we wanted to have a proprietary blend. And we wanted to use growers in Niagara, being Niagara Cider Company. And so we were able to find some in the Fenwick area, and the Pelham area, uh, Johnson Farms in in particular, who we're working with and partnering with to to source our apples from their orchards and help us along the process all the way. And that was important for us.
1: So you're part of this sort of new wave of a lot of ciders that are coming through in the last handful of years when we started in 2015, 30 or 40 sort of that we knew of. Uh, It's now upwards of 90 within Ontario. What's your impression of how the scene is sort of growing and is, is more better or does more just bring new challenges?
0: <laughs> it's an
1: interesting co-
0: question because I just actually had that debate with a, uh, a cider maker who had been in the industry for a bit. I truly feel being both in the wine, the VQA wine industry, and the craft beer side, the more competition makes everybody elevate their game, makes everybody make the best cider possible. It brings more awareness to craft cider. I often say craft cider was where craft beer was probably seven to ten years ago. When people are just starting to understand what it is and maybe have heard of it but haven't really tried it, what's the difference between craft cider and some of the mainstream ciders? And as, you know, there's a lot of great bars and restaurants and the Elspiel does a great job in grocery stocking more craft cider, as people get more educated start asking more questions, they start actually searching the story and say, okay, where is this coming from? And when they find apple story the ontario apple story and all these great 70 plus cideries that are out there and the more that they could visit those and become ambassadors of craft cider the better it's going to help all of us is what my feeling is on it, it, it i'm really a big proponent of the whole industry working together to promote the industry and that's something that as craft cider association it was important for me to become a member right off the bat and Really, how do I help them and what they're doing in all of our sideries to help promote those from the different events that go on? So I think it's a good thing for, for more cideries to come on board.
1: I think we've seen that. Uh, it's a very positive, friendly uh, experience. Of course, there's some bad apples in the group, but um, as, as a whole, we found it to be extremely welcoming and warming uh, and, and, you know, you know, warm reception to, to all that we're trying to do. And part of the idea of getting the idea out that, you know, we are growing, that there needs to be some outreach beyond, uh, just, you know, what products are available, but education and training and so forth. So it's, it's really sort of interesting angle to be looking at and, and an exciting time, as you said, just like craft beer to, to be going forward with it. Um, with regards to some of the other products you mentioned, you have some other sort of new things on the way. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're, you're looking at doing down the road?
0: Sure. Well, we have phase one was to get this product. We want to make sure people really like the liquid, really like the packaging, resonate with the brand, build up some distribution. And then our next phase, we're going to be canning and kegging our first batch, which we affectionately call the Rose Gold. Basically what it is, it's our cider base where we've done a berry soak of locally picked raspberries, strawberries, and blueberries that we picked last harvest. Uh, Both Rich's family and my my family, we were out there picking our kids and all, picking blueberries and strawberries and raspberries. And so it's been on a berry soak now for probably close to three months. So it's ready to can. So we're gonna try that uh, here soon. So that's gonna be our first sort of specialty launch. We just did 2,500 liters of it. Um, So we're gonna be kegging and canning some of that. And people are excited to try it as it getting out there. And then the other one that's probably about a month after that is uh, is what we call our stay gold. So it's a straight golden russet. So from it's, we're gonna vintage data the 2018 vintage dated because Rich and myself feel that it actually is one of those ciders you could buy and lay it down and try it each year and see how it evolves and change much like a great riesling how you can really see how much a riesling changes from being new and fresh to how much it ages and the characteristics on that. So that's our golden russet stay gold. We're gonna have a limited amount of kegs of that really just for lighthouse type of cider accounts and we're going to put some of that in bottles because we want to be able to hold that for a little bit and then sell it to licensees and different people who are interested in it at that time and then you know future on that rich has probably about 25 to 30 different recipes that he's already tried that he just wants to do on a bigger level so our goal is at least quarterly uh, if not more often to put out new products do a 2,000 liters more or less keg most of it up again going to those lighthouse type of restaurants and bars and then you know our our sort of next big phase and one that we're starting to explore right now is to have our own facility known tasting bar and apple orchard but as you know with cideries in order to have a tasting bar you need to have five acres of fruit unlike craft breweries that could be on every corner of every street and there is more or less that happening um, which is great. And then, so cideries treated like wineries where you need that five acres of fruit. So, we are looking at a couple locations right now, actually, a couple of our growing partners who are interested in maybe partnering up. And so, hopefully, we could find that. And then from there, we could really start pumping it out a little bit more and getting people to experience coming and visiting and tasting.
1: So uh, lots on the way. Uh, Two quick questions to sort of finish things off. Uh, One is that we are just starting ourselves with playing around a little bit. Do you have a recommendation on uh, maybe what we should be looking to make sure that we're trying to do? That's very important, uh, in your opinion, to make sure that there's a success uh, from even just a homebrew. I know you're not necessarily the cider maker, but... I think just the big thing is be educated. Be educated, you know, some of
0: the best winemakers I've ever worked with in the world always say it all starts from the soil. Be educated about where your apples are coming from. Be educated of that blend that you're putting together. What are the characteristics of different apples? Because the blend, Rich has spent a lot of time focusing on the different type of apple varieties that we want to have in our blend and I think that's hugely important to produce a great cider. I think just experimentation and trying different things, seeing what works, try a little batch if it doesn't work, you try another batch it doesn't work refine it's constantly refining and improving and refining and improving. We had so many uh, tasting sessions that we did with our friends and family, and they loved it and uh it, But we just kept refining and refining and refining and refining. And even after our first batch, we were like, when our first batch, when we candy kegged, we were like, okay, this was good. Do we need a little bit more carbonation? What do we need to change? How do we need to adjust? So we're always trying to improve on that. I think that's important on that. And the beauty about this industry and the beverage alcohol industry as a whole is it's a fun industry. People want to talk about beverage alcohol products. They want to talk about craft cider. And you guys are doing a great job leading the charge and educating people on craft cider. And I think that's extremely important, as we talked about earlier, getting people with craft beer where they were 10 years ago to getting craft cider there so we can be all successful in selling a lot and having a lot of fun doing it.
1: And my final question to you is, uh, do you foresee any major challenges coming up in the next little while for you? And how are you looking to navigate something like that?
0: I think the biggest challenge for us as an industry is the taxation that we face. We're treated the same as imported products and taxed the same. In fact, uh, cider is taxed the most out of all Ontario products. I think the new government's made a lot of indications that they want to change that. And there's a lot of great conversations that are happening underway there. That's number one is how do we make sure we have proper taxation for an Ontario product where we're supporting Ontario jobs and Ontario businesses, that's number one. Number two is continuing to allow distribution. Grocery stores has been a huge win for us as ciders and craft cider specifically. We're selling a lot of cider in grocery and I wanna make sure that we continue to expand on that. As well as supporting our important number one customer, I like to call them the LCBO because I think they do a really good job in the education part at the store level with the product consultants with their their beer ambassadors, cider ambassadors with their food and drink with all that sort of stuff really helping to educate people on that and i think they're going to be an extremely important partner for us moving forward on top of that and ultimately you know more and more people ask for craft cider the more and more bars and restaurants are going to carry craft cider and and i think that's going to be a constant challenge because we are going against a lot of companies with very deep pockets who offer a lot of incentives and have some great products, but you know more and more customers are driving the boat as saying what they want should be pouring on that tap. So hopefully more and more people are starting to add more craft ciders. And those are the four main challenges.
1: Thank you so much. And uh, where can people get more information about what you're offering? So if they go to NiagaraCiderCompany.com, there'll be a link there that will link to all of our
0: social media feeds. The main one that we're doing is on Instagram we're posting where we're being available it's a little bit of our story and our background of myself and rich and what we're trying to do and uh, and then ultimately just follow us if you can and then uh, we're going to be in the lcbo soon we're in probably about a dozen licensee restaurants bars and restaurants and that's growing every day so more and more places will be carrying it so that's the best uh, bet to find us
1: thank you once again for the interview and a chance to get a sample of this from uh, stuff to reach in ottawa so i'm glad we were able to come down and have a chat
0: Thanks for having us, and welcome to craft country of Niagara, where there's craft wine, beer, cider. It's great.